Well, good day, everybody. It is so good to see everybody. Can everybody say, hey, Abdi? Hey, Abdi. I love it. I love it. I love it. I miss it. Thank you. I want to first tell you that we love you. We love all of you. And we are so glad that you're here. If you're here for the first time, as Nick mentioned, second time, third time, been here a bunch of times, we're so glad you're here. We're so glad you made it out to church this morning. And so we, we've been in a series that we're calling Trained by the Journey. Trained by the Journey. And so today, we're going to continue in our series. We're in part eight of Trained by the Journey. Part eight, we, can you believe we've been doing it this long? We got one more week of it, actually. Next week will be our last, last week. So, so I, just to review, last week, uh, we talked about how to move the heart of God. How do you move the heart of God? And we looked at uh, the passage in the Bible about that, about how, how can you move the heart of God? It was, it was, you can actually check it out on uh, the Doral Vineyard app, as Nick mentioned, or you can go to doralvineyard.org and, and check it out. Um, and so our hope is that you, through our messages, would take one or two things from what we talk about and apply that to your life, and hopefully you become a better lover of God and a better lover of other people, because that's why we do this, is that to help us walk this whole change life, this thing, this new hope that we have in our lives, how, how do we walk this out? And so hopefully you can grab one or two things from what we talked about and, 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 um, and get that. So if you have your Bibles, if you don't mind opening it up to John chapter 5, John chapter 5, we're going to look at verses 1 through 5, 1 through 9. John chapter 5. Um, and so the title of this message is, Do You Really Want It? Do, can everybody say that with me? Do you really want it? Say it again. Do you really want it? Yes. Now, if you don't have your Bibles, no worries, y'all. No worries. You can, you can just look in the big screen behind me because uh, all the scriptures that I read, everything will be up on the big screens behind me. You can just follow along up there. And so in our Trained by the Journey series that we've been talking about, we, we also talked about how there's some things that we've experienced in our journey that we have to get untrained for, because we got wrongly trained for some of these things. So we got to get untrained in order to get retrained um, with the right things in our lives so we can live this life that God has called us to. And so I am very thankful that all of you are with us, and I really believe that for some of you, this message is going to be a very impactful it's going to speak to you. God is going to speak to you in, in, in such a way that you'll be different after being in the presence of God. So next week, we're, we're celebrating Easter next Sunday. And Friday, we have our Good, Sir, Good Friday service. We want to invite you all to, to come on out. And on your way in today, maybe, I don't know if you did or not, but you may have received one of these. Did everybody receive one of these on your way in today? If you didn't, we have plenty of these that we would love. There, we call them our invite cards. And so there's five of these inside of this little plastic little fold here. They come out. They're really nicely made. They're great for you to invite all of your coworkers, your neighbors, your friends, your family. Invite them to our next Sunday Easter service. It's a great way to do that. We also have door hangers that we, um, we'd love for you to grab on your way out. We'll put them, can we put them on the table there? And just if you like, you can grab some on your way out and, and pass these out. If you didn't get any of these, make sure to grab. There's five of them. You know, there's Monday through Friday. You might as well take one and invite somebody every single day. That's what I try to do. So this is a great way to invite people. And next weekend, we'll be, we'll be um, wrapping up 
our series on Trained by the Journey, and it's going to be really good. It's, we're going to talk about a subject that is rarely talked about in, in Christian circles, in, 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 in faith circles, in churches, and so I'm, I'm really excited about what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about spiritual doubt, talk about spiritual doubt, and how, you know, sometimes we have spiritual doubts, but we don't like to talk about it, and we're going to look at what happened in the life of Jesus after he died. He got, he, his disciples that were following him, he, they were in a turmoil because he, he, he got arrested, he got put in prison, he got tortured, he was put on a cross, he died, and the disciples didn't know what to do. They were like, oh my gosh, the guy we were following, now we don't know what to, he, he, you know, to think, we don't know what to say, we don't know what to do. They, they were in a turmoil, they had all this doubt. And then the resurrection happens. And he puts to peace, Jesus puts to peace all the doubt that they had. We're going to talk about that, okay? So today, we're going to talk about a very important subject. And it's to steal a line from Ricky Martin's song, The Cup of Life, uh, Do You Really Want It? He wrote this song back in the 90s as, uh, as a way to inspire. He actually wrote it for the World Cup. Ricky Martin wrote this song for the World Cup, and the idea was to inspire teams and countries and fans to go after the World Cup, to go after what he calls the cup of life. And so that's the first line of the song is, do you really want it, right? Do you, do you, and hopefully that, that's what I think the question is in this passage today, is as Jesus asked this question to this guy, he's wondering if he really wants it. And we're going to see what Jesus does as he loves on this guy who had this issue for 38 years on his journey. He's someone that is going to have to unlearn some things in order to learn, relearn some things in the right way. And so today, as you listen to this message, I I want you to, if you will, listen to this message today today with with the lens of an ongoing, long-term problem that you might have in your life, okay? Because we all have different types of issues and problems. I'm not talking about a short-term, three-week issue. I'm talking about something that you've had for, for a long time, ongoing. For some of you, you might have had an ongoing medical issue in your life. And maybe you had chronic headaches in your life. You just, you don't understand. You just keep getting these headaches over and over again. Or, or some sort of issue that just won't seem to go away. Maybe it's depression. Maybe some of you, perhaps, you feel you had an ongoing problem with overspending. Maybe you, you, you overspend. That's your, you know, or overeating or overcommitting. You feel like you do too much. For some of you, it might be an, ad- an addiction that just, for some, it just won't go away. Maybe it's smoking. Maybe it's something that, you know, you just, you've been wanting to quit smoking. You haven't been, and I don't know what you're smoking. You know, it could be cigarettes or crayons or pot or whatever it is. But but, but you have this ongoing addiction to something, and you you just, you can't, you're trying to quit, and, and it's something that you just, you haven't been able to get over. And for some of you, it might be an ongoing challenge in, in a relationship with someone that you love. It might be your dad, a relationship with your dad, or maybe in your marriage. It could be any number of different relationships, but you just can't seem to get things to where they're, they're working. So I want you to listen to this message today that as, through the lens of whatever ongoing challenge that you've had, and we're going to believe that it just takes one moment, you guys. It just takes one moment in the presence of Jesus, and we can be changed. So let's look at John chapter 5. That's our text. We're going to look at verses 1 through 9, and then we're going to talk about them in detail. So John chapter 5, I'll start in verse 1, and we'll just read it together. It's a very interesting story here. It says, John said this. He said, verse 1, I'm sorry. John chapter 5, verse 1. Sometime later, 
Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Okay, that, why does it say five there? I'm not sure why it says. Oh, chapter five. I'm like, verse one, not verse five. Okay, looks like, okay, thank you. So sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now, there in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, um, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. So I just want to stop right there. And I, I'm not trying to criticize the architect or the planner of the city of Jerusalem, but I, I just feel a little weird about a pool being next to sheep, you know? Like, I don't know if I would really want to get into a pool that's right next to where all the sheep are at. I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm just so used to, you know, my styrofoam chicken nicely cut up and saran wrapped when I go to the stores. But there's just something that seems a little anti-sanitary about being in a pool with, like, sheep next to you. I mean, I like sheep, don't get me wrong. I like to eat sheep. I like to eat lamb. I mean, there's nothing like some good goat curry or sheep curry, you know, with some Scotty Bonds on it. Anybody know anything about that? Islanders in the house, anybody? Okay, now I'm the the only one. Yeah, I mean, I like my sheep. I like my lamb. But at the same time, I just feel a little weird about a pool, swimming in a pool with the sheep, the smelly sheep right next to it. But okay, anyway, here we go. So um, there's this pool, but it's not just a regular pool. It's a special pool. A, a natural body of water, and we're going to see what's going on there. Verse 3, it says, Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. Now, you might ask, well, what are these guys doing there? The blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. Why are they hanging out there? By, are they just getting, like, fun in the sun? What, what, what are, why are they all hanging out there? No, there's a, a specific reason. There was actually a tradition that, that an angel would actually stir up the water. And whenever the water bubbled up, they believed that whoever got into the water first would get healed. And so you can only imagine that they might wait days or weeks for these waters to bubble so that somebody can actually jump in. And as soon as the water bubbles up, it was a free-for-all to see just whoever that was sick trying to get healed. They would just jump all in there. And I don't know if you need any help to picture this free-for-all, but I see this free-for-all very often at birthday parties when I take my kids and they bring out the famous, yes, the piñata. They bring out that piñata and then they pull the string and it's a free-for-all. Everybody's jumping in there and going for it. You know, older kids, little kids, they're pushing everybody out of the way, kicking everybody. This is a big old free-for-all. So just, I'm not a big fan of piñatas. I don't know if anybody is, but I'm not a big fan of all the free-for-all that happens there. But what happens when, I can just imagine this bubbling up and everybody just trying to get into this pool. Verse 5 says, one who was there had been an invalid for how long? Let's all say it aloud. He had been an invalid for what? Good. Come on. I need a little more love than that this morning. Can you say it a little louder? They had, he had been an invalid for how long? All right. So verse 6, when Jesus saw him lying there, and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him what? He, what did Jesus ask him? Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? In other words, the title of this message, do you really want it? Seems like an insulting question, doesn't it? Do you want to get well? It's like asking a broke guy, do you want a million bucks, right? It's like asking a carless guy, do you want a Lamborghini, right? It's like my wife asking me, you know, are you, are you, yes, are you hungry? <laughs> exactly. 
Wait, what were you guys thinking? I was going to say, you God-fearing, believing people. But that too, like, does a zebra have stripes, right? Does a fish like water? Well, of course, yeah, I am. I would love to have some food. I am hungry. I would love to eat. Isn't it obvious? And so that's what this guy is there, and, and, and Jesus is asking this guy, and, you know, I'm wondering if this guy's wondering, Jesus asked this guy, do you really want it? Let's look at the next verse, verse 7. Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, somebody else goes down ahead of me. And then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat. At once, the man was cured. He picked up his mat and he walked. You guys see that? In one moment, can everybody say one moment? In one moment, in the presence of Jesus and everything changed for him. I was thinking about you this week. It's so funny. So today I want to talk to you about problems that persist. Problems that persist. This guy for 38 years, this man was sick, but a moment in the presence of Jesus changed everything. Changed everything. So I see at least three significant challenges for problems that persist, and perhaps you can, you can relate to these, and I want to go through them one at a time. And so that way we can be on the same page, all right? So if you're taking notes, the first one is this. Problems that won't go away unnerve us. Problems that won't go away unnerve us, right? Some of you, you, you had an ongoing problem and it just won't go away and you've prayed about it, you've prayed about it, you've asked God and for some reason it just, nothing happened and you tried and you thought it might help and nothing worked. And so you just kind of become discouraged and you tried to, to work on your marriage and you prayed about it and you were nice and, and you maybe even went to church together and your marriage is still bad. And years later, you're like, well, I don't think anything's going to change. I don't think anything's going to, it's not going to get any better. I think this is, this is just the problem that I have. Maybe it's a physical problem. You've been praying about this problem that you've had, and you went to some doctor, and you tried another doctor, and, and you, you tried some more doctors, and you prayed about it some more, and nothing got better. And you just got very discouraged, even to the point of accepting, well, maybe this is just as good as it gets. Maybe this is, this is what God has for me. I have a really minor issue that I've been dealing with for like three years. And compared to what a lot of people go through, it's a really minor issue. I have a lower back pain that I get. And I've, I've you know, it's, it's bothersome because I can't pick up my kid. Like even this right here normally doesn't today. But normally would be like, ah, 45 degrees is all I can bend. Like I bend at 45. I can't even look in the refrigerator. Like open the door and I'm like, oh, I can't do that. Pick up the kids, put them in the car seat. That's a, that's a mission right? And that's, but for me anyway, and I've tried a bunch of different things. I've tried traditional doctors. I've tried experimental doctors. I've tried different therapists. When people are like, oh, all you need is this stole, you know, this styrofoam, this foam roller. All you need is this foam. I'll, I'll buy two. I'll get two of those. I'm so desperate to get this little back issue taken care of. I'm like, oh, you know, this floor mat, this, uh, this wrap, I'll get that too. I, you know, infomercials, I'll, I'll get two of those. You know, I, I, I just want to get better. Um, and, and so, anyways, I, I've, I've, I've had this, but I've been, I, I've gotten depressed about it. I've gotten so desperate. I'm like, man, discouraged, man. I wish this thing would just go away. And sometimes I think, man, my life will never be the same again. I got two little kids, and I can't even pick them up. That's a problem, you know? Something so small as that, but it can easily depress us for a season of time. And it did for me. I can't even imagine what people go through. I know 
there's people that I know and love that for 30 years, they've had some real challenges that, that it doesn't last, you know, three years, like it's lasted for 30 years, they're going through this thing, and it just persists, and it's so easily become to, to become discouraged by it. So the second thing, if you're taking notes, after a while, problems that won't go away, we tend to tolerate them with excuses. So they unnerve us, they discourage us, that's number one. Number two is that they... We tend to tolerate them with excuses, problems that won't go away. So you start to make excuses because ultimately it's going to just make you feel better if you put the blame on somewhere, somewhere else, someone else. And so that's what this guy does. He actually says, Jesus, I have no one to help me get into the water. When I try to get in there, I just, I can't walk. And the, all the other ones run into the, into the water and, and I just, I'm left here and I, I can't get in there just completely helpless and completely hopeless and, and no one can help me. Now, I don't want to be hard on this guy telling, you know, who's talking to Jesus, but I, I was just thinking about this guy who's paralyzed. And I was just thinking, man, for 38 years, if I hung around this water long enough, you know, if I got desperate enough, maybe I would do like a little like, you know, like, as soon as I saw a little blah, 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 I would just, you know, oops, I fell into the water. You know, I mean, I don't know, do like, you know, the, the inchworm or something. You know, I, I don't know, maybe can't move, but maybe just like roll over. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't want to look down on this guy because he's paralyzed, right? He's paralyzed. But I'm just thinking after so long, maybe I would have like got into like a ball, you know, and when I see the thing, you know, start bubbling, I just kind of whoop, rock myself into the water, you know, I don't know, Uh, just whatever it takes, you know, you've had this issue for such a long time, over a period of months, I think I would have figured out a way to get into the water, but this guy, he doesn't, this guy gets to the place that we often get to, no one will help me out, I can't do anything about this, Oh, my marriage, man, it's, it's never ever gonna get better. It's, it's just, you know, I've seen all, I've been to doctors and I've tried, I can't even get a good job because I, I don't have a college degree. I went to counseling once, you know, I tried that. I went to church twice, you know, two weeks straight and nothing happened. I've tried everything and I can't get any better. Problems, they won't go away. They unnerve us. And they also, they, they, they tend to, we, we tolerate them and we, 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 we start to make excuses. The third thing is that we tend to accommodate for these problems. In fact, I can just say it very directly. There might be someone here that maybe you are excelling at accommodating or compensating for the issue in your life. Some of you, you're, you're highly functioning alcoholics, Right? You are, sure, it, it puts a stress on your marriage, but nobody else knows about it because the coworkers, or maybe they know about it, but they don't care because you, you can get the job done, and so that's all that really matters. They don't really care, but you figured out how to just manage your life around whatever you have going on, and you're just highly functioning, even though you have a significant addiction in your life. There might be some of us in your marriage. You've just learned to exist in a very dead marriage, and so you don't like it, but you just accept it. It's just kind of the way it is. You've tried everything you know to do, and yet you have no common vision with your partner, no spiritual insight, no intimacy. There's no movement there. You're not trying to invest or impart anything to each other, or even significant to your children. It's more of a, a business relationship with them, right? This partnership. We're just, we're just going to stay together. That's just the way it is, you know? We, we, we don't want we, we, we to change anything. We're just going to stay together. We, just, we don't like it, but we know how to manage it, so we're just going to do it like that. Some of you, you've learned to compensate for a pornography problem. 
right? You, you, you've, you've been able to dodge all the, the traps that everybody else get ca- gets caught in, so you've learned how to, you know, get, just get by and not get caught. You think, well, it's not a big deal. It's just, this is an issue I have, so you just start accommodating and compensating for it. Some of you, you've learned how to, how, how to compensate for your overspending. People look at you and they think, wow, man, this person must be rolling in it. They're just doing so well, but the truth is, you're just maxing out one credit card after another credit card after another credit and you're just you know moving the interest moving the the credit card from one to the other because that way you don't have to pay interest you've been able to to prolong the inevitable you know you're robbing peter to pay paul and you've learned to compensate for it and here's the problem listen to me you cannot change until you recognize that you have a problem you will never ever change when you're tolerating an issue what you tolerate will never change Write that down if you like. That's, that's a good word today. <laughs> what you tolerate will never change. The bottom line is Jesus asked this guy, do you really want it? Do you want to be well? Why would he ask him that? Well, perhaps it's because Jesus knew you can't help someone that just needs help. You have to help someone that wants help right? Do you want to be made well? He asked this very specific question. Do you want to be made well? You know, we do this in ministry to the, to the homeless. I've been doing this for a few years, ministry to the homeless, and there's groups of people that we meet. There's some folks that we've learned the difference between helping and enabling, right? And there's some, there's some folks that they do want to get their life together, and they do want to get off the streets, and they do want to, to find a job, and they do want to find a place to live, and, and that's great. We want to help those. And then there's another group of people that they, it's not, they don't want to be homeless, but they're just, they're not willing to do what it takes to not be homeless. They're, they're comfortable, even though they don't like being homeless and it's uncomfortable to be homeless, but they're comfortable in their uncomfortableness. I don't know if that makes sense, but they tolerate what they're doing because they, they just don't want to change. And so, you know, some people ask, well, what, what do you think is the greatest hindrance to faith? What do you think is the greatest hindrance to faith? And some people will say, well, I think it's fear. I think fear is the greatest hindrance to faith, or I think it's doubt. I think doubt is the greatest hindrance to faith. I, I, I think um, some people say that, that worry is the greatest fear, to, to the, the greatest obstacle to, obstacle to faith, and those are all good answers, but I would argue this morning that the greatest obstacle to faith is the familiar, the, what's familiar to us. For so many people, the familiar is the biggest obstacle. You see, this guy had this problem for 38 years years, 38 years. I've been unable to walk, he says. You, you don't understand. I've, I've tried everything possible, and so I've, I've got my resume of excuses of why anything you tell me is just not gonna work. You see, I've been like this for, th- you don't understand, right? You, you just, I start to accept this. Rather than believing what could be, you just start accepting what, what is, you know, instead of saying, well, man, maybe, maybe there is a chance I could, no, 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 you see, you don't understand, I, I've just, I'm just an average student, I was labeled that when I was in second grade, and I, I think I'm going to be that for the rest of my life, I'm an adult, and I still believe I'm just an average student, you know, you have no idea, you just don't understand, you have no idea, my family, this is the way, my family's always had financial issues, you know, my parents had them, I have them, my kids are probably going to have them, that, that's probably how it's going to be, it's just the way, to, you don't understand, right? We're, we're, we're just all overweight. It's, it's in our family. You know, it's this gene that we all have. This is just the way it's going to be. It's, it's, the, it's just 
how we are in our lives. You don't understand. I've, I've tried to overcome this addiction, but I just, I just cannot seem to do it. Here's the bottom line. Until you are firm and resolute, resolute about what the Bible says, about, about this, this, the Bible calls you set your face like a flint, it says in the book of Isaiah. And what that means is you are resolute, you are determined that nothing's going to change. Until you are determined, until your desire becomes bigger than your disability, you will not start to find the healing that you want in your life. Do you really want it? Do you want to be well? Do you want to? Because honestly, uh, honestly most of us, you know, we're compensating for making excuses. We're, we're saying, no, 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 I, I, I've just learned to manage this right now. And, and yes, I'm discouraged, and, but, but simply I, I'm used to living this way. And so I believe that the Spirit of God today would ask you, do you really want it? Do you really want to be made well? Do you really want to be out of debt? Because for some of you, shopping is your drug of choice, right? You may say, well, well, I, I, I don't really want to overspend, but your actions say something completely different, right? Our, our actions, do you really want to get out of debt? Do you really want to overcome the addiction that has held you hostage for years? Because some people are more comfortable in the known. Even though they don't like it, they're more, the, the known is uncomfortable. As I was talking about the homeless, homeless, some folks that are homeless, you know, they're more even though they they don't like it, they would rather stay there than actually change. Do you really want to find healing in that relationship? You know, I know what it's like to be in this prison, and I may not like it, but at least I know what it's like. I don't want to be in this unfamiliar area where I don't know what it's like. I'd rather be in, in this what's familiar. Do you really want to be made well? Because you can't help someone who just needs help. You gotta help someone who actually wants to be helped. What you tolerate will never change until your determination to get better becomes bigger than your incapacity. You will not start to find healing in your life. And so Jesus asked the question, do you really want it? I'm gonna tell you a very personal story. To me, that, that I've, I, I, it's about my dad, I, and I, I spoke to him this week, and he gave me full permission to talk about that because I said, Dad, I, I, this, your story may actually help some people today. And he said, man, I'm all about it. If it's going to help some people, go for it. Go tell them the story. So my dad was an alcoholic. And he started drinking when he was 13 years old. 13 years old, he started. He had some very powerful influences over his life. He started drinking when he was 13. And he continued that until he was 30 years old. And at 30 years old, he had a radical encounter with Jesus where he stopped drinking from one day to another completely stopped the bottle from one day to another. And I asked him, Dad, you know, what would you attribute that? And he said, Abdi, absolutely, it was the resurrecting power of Jesus Christ. It was Jesus who delivered me from the bottle. I had been doing it for 17 years every single day. And I, I, you know, when I think about that, you know, it gets me emotional when I think about 17 years of being slave to the bottle, of just, you know, he wants to get over, wants to kick, but he never could kick that. He just kept, stayed on this bottle for so long. And, and, and he said, Abdi, it was the presence of Christ in my life. It was that moment, one moment, y'all, one moment in the presence of Jesus, and it can break whatever is on your life. I'm here to tell somebody today. I don't, it doesn't matter if you've been addicted to something for three weeks, three years, 30 years, or 60 years. One moment in the presence of Jesus, one moment, and that can, your life can be transformed forever. 
And here's what's so amazing about my dad. 40 years now, he's been sober. 40 years. 40 years he's been sober. And now he goes and he, he's overcome this addiction. And what he does is he, he, he goes and he helps other people. In his church, he teaches the Bible um, on Sundays. He teaches the Bible during the week. He goes into prisons and he helps people that have, are suffering from very similar issues that he was suffering. He goes into prisons and does this. And, and what has become his greatest misery, you guys, all of a sudden has become his story, his, what we call here are his testimony, has become his greatest testimony of the power of Christ in his life. He's gonna speak to somebody here today because there's something that's holding you down or holding you back and you've been miserable with it for years. And when God heals you, there's gonna be no one as a better evangelist than you who's gonna say it was the power of Jesus Christ who set me free and made me different. I overcame my head. God healed me of my headaches. God helped me overcome all of my fears. God healed me of my cancer. And the longer that it's persisted, the more glory you're going to give God because you're gonna realize that you couldn't do it on your own. You needed a power greater than which the one you had. And the risen Christ came on the scene and he helped you and here's what this guy does this guy says hey i've got no one to help me i've got no one to help me out and jesus looks at this guy and and he says this he says get up pick up your mat and walk get up pick up your mat and walk one more time get up pick up your mat and walk notice this jesus heals the guy three things happen here supernaturally number one the sick guy okay he didn't even ask to be healed he didn't He didn't even ask to be healed. Number two, he did nothing to earn the healing. He did nothing to deserve it. Number three, the healing, it didn't even happen the way he thought it was gonna happen. It happened completely different. And you guys, this is gonna speak to somebody. Jesus did for him what he didn't even ask Jesus to do for him. Jesus did this for him. This is one of the, one of the million reasons why we, we need to, our greatest priority in our lives is to press into the presence of God and to get to know his son, Jesus Christ. That's why when you wake up in the morning, your first words are, God, I exist to give you glory. God, I'm here to do whatever you want me to do. I wanna live my life in such a way that it makes a difference for you. My life is not my own. It, I surrender it to you. And as you get to know Jesus, as you press into him and you understand, you get close to Jesus, listen to me. He will do something in your life that you didn't even ask him to do. He'll look at your life and he'll change things. He'll bring healing in your life in areas where you didn't even know you needed healing until later you realize, wow, I'm not as angry as I was before. But I didn't even realize this. Jesus did a healing in my life, this thing that was so dysfunctional in my life. God, because I got close to him, he brought forgiveness in my life that I didn't realize I needed. I needed healing in my heart, and he healed me in areas where I didn't even know I was sick. When you get close to Jesus, he will do things for you that you didn't even ask him to do. Notice that this guy, he didn't even deserve it. He didn't earn it. Jesus did not heal this man because this man was good. Jesus healed this man because Jesus is good. He, and that's his grace. We can't earn it. We, we're not good enough for it. We can't give our way to get it. We can't work our way to get it. He gives us blessings untold because of his goodness and because of his grace and his glory. Jesus did this, and he does this in our lives. The third thing that he does, and you'll notice that the healing didn't come in the way that the man thought he was gonna get healed. He says, I just can't get in the water. I'll be healed. The healing didn't come through the water. 
Some of you, you've been searching for healing in this particular way, in this particular category. You're searching for it in the water. And I came to tell you today, it may not come through the water, but it might come through the living water of Jesus in your life, who does something in a way you do not even expect. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but I know that this is for some of you. You might be in financial trouble, and you keep buying lottery tickets. Thus saith your pastor this morning. Your, 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 your financial issues are not going to get healed by your lottery tickets that you buy. Stop buying the lottery tickets, okay? It's not going to come that way. You expect it through one way, and God may bring you a blessing, a healing, a transformation in some way that you never, ever expected it. That's the power of our good God. Jesus says to him, get up, take up your mat, and walk. In other words, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Jesus essentially says, I don't want your excuses. I don't want you to give me any more excuses. I want to see your faith. Don't tell me what you can't do. Don't tell me that you're not what you're not able to do or what other people will not do for you. I just want to see you stand up, take up your mat, and I just want to see you walk. I just want to see you walk. I I will do for you what you cannot do, but I want you to do for you what you can do. I'm going to touch you. I'm going to heal you, but I want to see your faith do what only you can do. For 38 years, you've not been able to walk. You haven't been able to do this, but I want you to have the courage. I want you to have the fortitude. I I want you to step away from the familiar because the familiar is often the greatest hindrance to your faith. And so if you're going to have have faith, you've got to stand up. If you're going to show your faith, you've got to stand up. When you think your legs are not capable of supporting you anymore, stand up and lean on them and watch what I can do through you. This is going to talk to somebody here today. If you step up, in faith, to overcome a problem that you gave up years ago. I don't know what it's going to look like for you. Maybe it's on your way out, you, you take your, your cigarettes and you throw them in the trash can and you say, you know what, this is my faith step right here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this up. I'm going to throw these in the trash can. I'm just going to believe God is going to set me free today. I, I'm just going to, maybe it's someone here that, that you're a part of a home group, a small group at a church, uh, part of a class in our church, and you're saying, you know what, I'm just, I'm going to go and I'm going to confess what, what I've been dealing with to my small group leader, my home group leader, and I'm just going to tell them, I'm going to step out in faith. Maybe it's, you're going to check yourself into a rehab. Maybe that's your step of faith. Maybe you're going to go see a counselor. And you're going to go see a counselor and it will take you significant. You're you're saying, you know what, I'm going to have the courage. I'm going to go take this step of faith. I'm going to go do this because you guys are all very bright people here. You knew that if all it was was a little tweak because a lot of times we try to convince ourselves, oh, it's just this little thing. It's not really, I could stop at any, we say this too, we lie to ourselves. I could stop at any moment that I want. It's just this, if you could have, you would have done it a long time ago. You can't. You need God's help. You need to step into what God has for you. There's a great program that our church loves, and it's called Celebrate Recovery. And as I'm looking at you guys in the back, I, I think of you guys, because if, if any of you guys are, have a, a hurt habit of a hang-up, something like that, you want to get over, man, talk to the man in the striped black shirt right there. Raise your hand. You don't mind. That's Cody back there. Talk to him. He would love to get you connected into something that we call Celebrate Recovery. Others of you, you may be in the beginning process of a journey that leads towards healing. Some of you, you'll be just like my dad. One moment to the other, you'll get completely healed. Others of you, it's not like that. It's a journey. It's a walk-through process. And you're, you're, you're going to journey through, through the healing. God's going to heal you little by little. You thought it was going to come through a certain way, and God's saying, no, 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 you had no idea how I'm going to do it. 
You're going to walk in the church and the presence of God is going to touch you and you're going to get healed. That's going to be the power of the Holy Spirit and it's going to spark something in you that only God can do. Other people, you're looking, you're going, well, they're going to look at you, they're going to say, wow, what happened to you? Why are you so different? You look excited, why are you so excited? And you're going to say, man, I don't know, it was God's love that invaded my life and all of a sudden now, I just, I look at the world differently. I don't look at it the same way I used to. Now, I, I, I just, I have all this joy, I have all this peace, I have, I just want to hug people. I don't know why, it's kind of weird, but God's just done something in my life. It's, it's just something that, it's this transformation. I can't explain it, but God, he's just, he spoke to me, he's, he's touched me. Uh, you experience Christ on that day. That's what happened. And so you, you just wake up and you realize, you know, I'm gonna walk with this. I didn't have any hope, but now God's in my life and he's, he's touched my life and now I've been with Christ and my life is completely different. Do you really want it? Do you really want it? Do you really wanna overcome the addiction that has held you hostage? Do you want to be free of worry and anxiety and fear that keeps you up at night? Do you want to be free of anger and, and, and that spirit that, that hurts every relationship that you're a part of? You just have this anger, or, and you just have this anger for anybody that's around you, and they see it, and it keeps people at a distance from you. Do you want to overcome that inability to trust people so that you can begin to trust and have intimacy once again? Do you believe that God is able to do anything and heal you of, of the physical sickness that you have in your life? Do you want to be made well because God is in the house today? He's in the house today, and he isn't just going to help someone who needs it. He's going to help someone who wants it okay? He helps those who want help. Do you want to be made well? And I know with all my heart that that God has brought some people here today who really want it. In the presence of Christ here today, I came to tell you, you can be healed. 